So the big question is, how do healthcare experts like you generate more income, impact more people, and create businesses that work around their lifestyle and serve their family? If you want the answer to that question, then you're in the right place at the right time. Whether you are a physical therapist, a dietitian, an occupational therapist, a chiropractor, MD, or other healthcare expert, this is for you. My name is Javier Carlin and welcome to Healthcare Business Radio. Join me and follow along as I learn, apply, and share the top business growth strategies that I'm currently using to grow my own business and to help you grow yours using only the best insights and advice from top industry leaders. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the show. Welcome to Healthcare Business Radio. This is your host, Dr. Javier Carland. And today, I'm excited to bring you a very special guest again, a great friend of mine, Dr. Kyle Rice. Kyle is a physical therapist and the founder and CEO of the PT Hustle, a company that has helped over 7,000 PT students and grads crush the NPTE. Kyle, we had a great conversation last time we got on this podcast. And I just want to thank you so much for jumping on again, uh, because it was a short episode. I got a lot more questions for you. And uh, it's always (laughs) always a pleasure talking to you, man. Absolutely. Thank you for having me on, man. Thank you for bringing me back. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I know you shared a little bit of your background in our first episode together. And for those that haven't listened to that one yet, make sure you go to that episode and re-listen to that one. But for those that haven't, Kyle, would you mind just giving us a quick you know, background, your story of how you got to where you are today? Absolutely. So yeah, on the, the previous episode, I was talking to you all about how I struggled immensely, crazily with standardized testing, you know, all the way up through high school, SATs, ACTs, then getting into college. You know, I was struggling with a test called the MCAT that was actually keeping me from going to medical school. That was really what I wanted to do. But listen, y'all, there's a standardized exam M freaking cat failed it once and you don't really fail it. You just get a low score where they want, they're not even going to look at you for medical school. But then I took it a second time and struggled then. And then I sat for it a third and I was like, okay, maybe I need to do a little bit of this, maybe get into a little few courses or whatnot. Failed it again and failed it again and failed it again. Right. Continuously getting low scores where medical schools wouldn't even take my application. And so I had to pivot And I pivoted towards physical therapy, got into it, fell in love with physical therapy and what we do. Shout out to all my PTs that are out there. But we also have an MPTE at the end where you have to pass that in order to become licensed. Those PTs, OTs out there, y'all all know what licensure exams are, right? So, and and then my other healthcare professions, y'all know what's up. So, If you don't pass it, you don't get licensed. You're sitting there with a whole bunch of debt. And that's what I was scared of. And so I did a ton. I like I pretty much got a master's degree in standardized test taking while being in PT school. I learned everything you can learn about them. I studied for hours just on that side of it. And so went in there to the actual licensure exam, the MPTE for the first time and dominated, absolutely crushed it with a perfect score, 800 out of 800. And that really was the the turning point in my life. A lot of things changed after that because that led me into where I'm at today, coaching students who struggle with standardized testing, specifically PT students and grads, 
teaching those students how to absolutely crush the MPTE and get their dream job. I love it, man. I can hear you talk all day, man. All day. <laughs> appreciate you, man. I, you know, I appreciate you. Again, I've never been so hyped about a standardized tests, man. <laughs> It's like, let me, let me go after another one. No, yeah. I'm just playing. I'm just like, I'm, just like. <laughs> I'm about to let my, let my license go just so I can take that test again and hire you to help me. <laughs> I th- hey man, I thought about it. I thought about it. <laughs> oh my goodness. That, that's amazing, man. So, so a lot of, a lot of our listeners um, are either on the fence about starting their own business and and or they're in business already and they're they're trying to figure out what that key thing is that they might need to take, take their business to the next level. And, you know, we talked about this before. I think the, the most incredible thing about, you know, what you've been able to do is kind of shift from being a physical therapist and most healthcare professionals are like, well, and we talked about this, but I'm a physical therapist, you know, dietitian, occupational therapist, et cetera. I have to go down this path. And I think what's so neat about what you were able to do, and maybe you can share a little bit about what that experience was like again, where you transitioned from, you know, helping uh, patients to now helping physical therapists and what that transition was like. Because for a lot of people, you know, it's, it's like, man, I, I just went through seven years of schooling with undergrad and graduate school. You know, I took the MPTE, you know, I've been this person, I've had this identity of a healthcare professional for so long. And for some of you listening, you might be like, hey, no, I, I love what I do. I'm so fulfilled. I just need to go out and do it on my own, right? Without anyone telling me what to do and how to do it. And for others, it might not be 100% your passion. And that's okay. Uh, that's totally fine. So I think it's really neat for you to come on here and just share with people like what kind of what you were feeling that number one made you transition to a different, you know, a different career and, and what that was like. And what you would recommend to others who are trying to figure out what do I actually want? I think, I know that's a loaded question, but I mm-hmm. think that'd be, I'd love to hear your, your perspective on that. Yeah. And so for the people, you know, just tuning in that didn't necessarily listen to the podcast, let me kind of piggyback on some of the ideas I was talking about. So when I passed the MPTE, I got licensed. I was a licensed PT. I started working. I loved physical therapy at that point. I wasn't going to do anything else. I was so gun ho about being the best PT I could be. I did the manual therapy year certification thing. I did the uh, orthopedic residency through Brooks Rehab. Shout out to Brooks. Um, I did my OCS. So I was all in. And I'm talking about a lot of money went into furthering my education and all that, my skill level. So I just want to give you that background because I really got to a point where I was more fulfilled coming home after work each day and tutoring people for $10 an hour, how to pass the APT. I was more fulfilled doing that than I was actually being a physical therapist. Now, part of it was because I was burnt out and y'all know what burnout is. A lot of y'all are in it right now. I was burnt out. I was doing notes like until 10 PM at night, just to eat a little something and fall asleep. Right? So, I mean, I was burnt out. That made it another reason why I wasn't as fulfilled. It's not the fact that I didn't like treating patients. I just found that my calling was not to do this. And so I just felt like my fulfillment really came in helping students pass the MPTE. And so, you know, it really got to the point. I remember, Javi, I was, um, my wife and I decided that we were going to do travel PT because we were in so much debt. We were in 200 plus thousand dollars in debt, right? 
and you know you would pay a thousand dollars every freaking month or whatever towards it but the number never goes anywhere it just stays there it was awful so we're like okay let's do travel pt y'all i had a cushy job so cushy i was treating like five to six patients a day no documentation you ever took home you always got off an hour early like so easy so cushy but that was the moment or in those times where I was actually able to sit with myself and understand that, wow, this isn't fulfilling to me. Even though I was getting paid great money and it was a cushy job, that was enough for me to kind of be able to sit there and realize like, wow, I needed to do something different because I wasn't fulfilled here, right? And so I got to that point. Now, here's the thing. I had this major issue that I was struggling with though, because it was like, wait, hold on a minute. So you went through three years of PT education you got out, did a manual therapy certification, which took you a long time, was a lot of money to go through that. Time was the big piece. It took you a lot of time. Then you went through orthopedic residency where you were doing like 70 hour work weeks and all of that stuff. Like, wait, you went through all of that. And you're going to give it all away to leave PT practicing it to teach people how to pass the board exam? Like what the heck? So those were the thoughts that were going through my mind. And I know some of y'all are in that situation where you're like, whoa, you know, I'm, I'm going to do something different. And it doesn't necessarily have to be a different profession. It could just be you leaving the clinic, right? At that point, if it wasn't for the people that were around me, specifically my wife supporting the idea that you need to go after what fulfills you, what's fulfilling to you, what is going to make you happy? What is going to have you come home every day? Like, man, I love what I do. You know, that statement, like, if you love what you do, you never work a day in your life. I never truly understood. It. I always heard it. It was a cliche statement. But now today I can say like, wow, I see what they're talking about because this is not work to me. Like, I don't ever use the word job or, oh, I have to go to work. Like, I never say that. And I think it has to do with you being fulfilled. If you reach true fulfillment, you'll never work a day in your life. I think that that's the way it needs to be said. If you reach true fulfillment with your work, you'll never work a day in your life. So for those of you that are out there, what I would say is, is it going to be a tough decision to kind of, you know, switch your pivot away, whether you're just starting your own thing, still practicing, or maybe you're just completely changing what you're doing. Is it going to be uncertain? Is there going to be fear? Absolutely. But I really feel like if you're always chasing fulfillment, the things that make you happy, the things that you want to wake up in the morning for, that you won't ever regret that. And I think that that's what you got to keep your eyes on. Wow. That's so powerful. And I think what's interesting is that, you know, growing up and going through school, right? It's always the question, what job do you want when you get out of school? What career do you want to go into? But no one asks you, it's like, hey, what do you, what do you want your life to look like? What would make you happy? What would make you fulfilled? And I think if that question was answered way earlier on, a lot of people would have those things. <laughs> it just makes a lot of sense. So I think, I think that's big. And I want to thank you so much for sharing that. What, you know, yeah, what would you say? Because I know that you said that your, your wife played a massive role in, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, making you feel better about the fact that, hey, like, I want to go in a different direction. I feel like I'm being pulled to this. And it just goes to show like the environment that you're in matters a lot. And mm -hmm. I'm curious, like for you, can you tell me about a mentor or a coach that has influenced your life in a big way? I would say number one, the biggest coach that, that I've had is Jesus Christ, right? And 
and, you know, falling back into my religion. I'm a super religious dude. And if I feel from that standpoint, if you are resting in principle, whether it's biblical principles, whether it's universal principles to you, that they, those will guide you in the right direction. Right. And so that has been my head coach, but one other human coach that has been, you know, a great service to me has been Greg Todd and Javi, you know, Greg, he's been somebody that you've interviewed as well before. And, you know, he's just been very powerful during that transition moment because I really got to a point where I was stuck. And we talked about this on the podcast episode about this whole being stuck thing and feeling stuck. I felt stuck because I wasn't really fulfilled at work. I was fulfilled doing this job that was getting me $10 an hour. I'm kind of like, what the heck do I do? So I was stuck. It was Greg who got me unstuck, who actually showed me, okay, this is the route to getting yourself unstuck. It was my job to actually trust the process that he was giving me, though. And I think that that that's so important for for so many people to hear that last piece as well is like you have to trust the process. A lot of, you know, I talked to a lot of our clients even and there's this thing, you know, shiny objects and it's like, oh, I see these people having all the success over here and I want to try that as well. It's like, yeah, but you don't know everything that they've done to get to that point. And if you keep on jumping from shiny object to shiny object, you're not going to get anywhere. And I think that whatever your coach, and I'm sure, and correct me if I'm wrong, but whatever, you know, Greg either told you or that you saw initially, you probably were a little bit skeptical of it or you just didn't understand it. Right. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people, you know, that were, that we're talking to at times are like, oh, like that doesn't feel comfortable. It's like, that's not supposed to feel comfortable. And it's not supposed to feel familiar either, because if if it was, you'd already be doing it and you wouldn't be where you're at right now. (laughs) Absolutely. So, so I guess my question to you is like, what, you know, with what he was coaching you through in that initial stage of, of starting your business, what was that like? Where did you feel like everything that he said was like, yeah, like that makes complete sense. I, I have to run with it. Or was there a little bit of resistance? I'm curious. You know, and that's where my wife kind of plays into this, right? Mm-hmm. And the environment that I had around me, because was there a level of skepticism? Absolutely. Even my wife was a bit skeptical of Greg. You know, she didn't even mm-hmm. like, you know, the way he sounded when he was talking on his lives. You know, he's very, you know, enthusiastic like I am and he's loud and and all that. And she she didn't cater to that that much. And so the one thing I will say about her is that even though she was skeptical, she was still very supportive of the idea that I was going after my fulfillment. And he was giving me a process that was helping me reach that. Right. And so I think that that was super important because if I didn't have her support, there was so many times I was like, Oh, this isn't happening quick enough. Oh, I think I need to go back. I need to go back into the non-fulfillment land that I was in before because I'm getting scared. It's not happening as quickly as I want. Right. And so if I didn't have that support, Greg really wouldn't have helped me because I wouldn't have allowed him to help. I wouldn't have been able to give him that um, that opportunity because I would have been in my own mind. So what I would say is definitely for those of you who are trying to get unstuck, trying to go towards fulfillment, if you have a coach that is giving you a process that's brand new to you. It's uncomfortable. It's supposed to be uncomfortable. That's the reason why you're stuck is because you're in comfort zone. So you got to get uncomfortable, right? But 
here's the thing. You got to surround yourself in the right environment to allow yourself to trust the process as well. I find that to be so vitally important, critical. So with the students that, that you work with now, and you've worked with a ton of them, have you seen any, any similarities in characteristics, traits, personalities from those that are successful, right? And, and those that maybe aren't so much in comparison in relation to business ownership, are there similar characteristics and traits that you see in those who are successful? And obviously you having your, your company and uh, maybe in a little bit, you can kind of share where your business is at. I think that'd be huge for people to see what, what's possible, but yeah. Do you see any, any similarities in that? Yeah, that's a, that's a good thing. Uh, a good question. So you know, a lot of the similarities that I see is, first of all, someone who's, I would say, resilient, that even though they, they're struggling or even though things aren't going fast enough, that they have enough patience and resilience to keep coming back and going after it. I think that someone who's also able to pivot is also very successful. That's what I've seen. But hold on a minute. There's a little bit of a caution here. Because I see people that pivot way too much and that causes them to not be successful. So you have to be able to pivot when you know you're truly stuck and pivot in a way that allows you to move forward, not something that makes a lateral shift. And now you're trying something brand new where you're kind of starting from scratch. So I see what people do is there, it's that shiny object syndrome, right? It's like, oh, jump over here, jump over there. You know, I'm trying to grab onto everything instead of, no, I'm being resilient. I'm staying down the track that I'm on. I'm just finding a way to get around this roadblock that I'm currently having, but I'm still moving forward with my mission. And so that's what I really see from people who have the ones that I see that are, uh, that are really effective in business are the ones where it's like, man, you go back to that person and they're still doing the same thing that they've always been doing. They're a master at this. They're not a master at everything that's out there. They're not jumping around to bunch. It's like, man, this person has been locked into this mission. Now, have they grown? Absolutely. Have they been resilient? Absolutely. But you know that they, if you wanted to be helped in one particular way, like that's the person you go to because you know that they've been just consistent with that mission. So what's, what's one thing that you've learned in the last month, it doesn't, doesn't have to be the last month, maybe the last few months about either your life, your career, your business that has completely changed your perspective. All right. So this is uh, this is a good one. So you know, one of the things that's really changed my life, to be honest with you, because I, I say a lot of this fulfillment stuff, right? This is not what I was saying three, four years ago. I was not able to even communicate that idea with you. I knew something was wrong, but I didn't know how to communicate what was wrong. Really what's, what's been a huge change for me is my ability to reach out for help when I know that I'm stuck or when I know that I don't have what I currently need in order to get past where I'm at, right? And so that's the one thing I've learned about myself is like, I'm a true like lone ranger, try to make sure I'm not a burden to other people. So I just try to do it all myself. And what I've learned is like the value of truly having a team around you of people who can like 
drop creative ideas that you never could come up with. In the beginning, I'm still like sitting here doing all the little images and creating the nice pictures for the courses and all of this stuff. And you think that you could do it all like by yourself and the best. And I kept hearing people say, no, there's always people that are doing better than you and all that. And And I'm like, ah, but I can still do it better. I can still do it better. And one of the biggest transformations that I've had the opportunity of uh, just really going through is truly understanding like, wow, if you put the right people around you, and sometimes that takes a little patience. Sometimes they don't just come the first day of the business. Sometimes it'll take you three years to find the right person. It's taken me four years to find an, an incredible salesperson that was perfectly placed right in front of me to help grow the business. It took me four years to get there, right? But now I can see like, wow, she can do so much more than I could do. There's certain, her brain just communicates certain things differently that I just don't have the power to do right now. And nor do I want to do it right now. So I would say like that's big, been the biggest transformation is the understanding of just sometimes you just got to be patient. It's not all going to happen today. It's not all going to happen this year. It's strategically placed throughout your growth in order to make sure that you have everything that you need at each level. Patience, bro. Patience. Man. And I like to say I'm impatiently patient. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it, it is it is huge. It is huge. And I think... Um, you know, that kind of leads me to my next question. If you wouldn't mind sharing like the journey from like year one, year two, year three now, because that's going to lead us to like what your plans are for your life and business in the next five years. So if you don't mind sharing like what that growth was like year by year, because I'm sure, I mean, for me, I, I mean, I guess all of us, right. We all want things to happen so much faster. And I'm curious, did like, did you have something in mind for year one? And and you're like, oh man, I really wish we would have hit that. And like, uh, what was that growth like in the early years? And, and what are you shooting for in the next five? Yeah, that, that's great. And I think that, you know, my answer is probably gonna be on the little on the deeper side here, because mm-hmm. in the beginning, I started off with finances in mind. Everything was about paying down, you know, student loans in the beginning. It's like, oh, money, 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 money. Right. And it, it was like that was the driving force for everything. So you would look back at a lot of my goals in that first year. And it's just like, OK, how can we generate more money? Right. And in our first year, we did about one hundred thousand dollars, of course, we ain't taking all that home because Uncle Sam wants a little piece of that, right? So uh, that, that's that. But, you know, as we went into the second year and the company started to grow, we got to the point where we were actually able to get close to paying down our student loans. And then as soon as we paid that down and we got rid of our student loan debt, we got to this new point of where it's like, wow, what? is after this? Like, what are we doing? Like, is this really about money? Like, what what are we really doing this for? And then we started to get to the point like, oh, money doesn't buy you happiness. Money doesn't buy you fulfillment. That's what they're talking about. Money doesn't buy you fulfillment. Oh, right. Because you would buy something, you would pay off your student loans. And then the next day, it's kind of like, okay, life is life, right? And so I think like over the years, yes, the company has grown exponentially. We've been in between doubling or tripling each year as far as our growth financially and even the students that we're able to impact, which is more meaningful for me now. But what I would really say from a personal side 
is it's moved from being so financially focused to now how can we build a lifestyle for ourselves and for our children that we're expecting to have, right? How can we leave a legacy for our children? And then now moving forward, it's like, I'm starting to get into the world of, okay, now that we're creating this lifestyle and we have, we're leaving a legacy for our children, how can we start to leave a legacy for those people who are not directly connected to our inner circle? Like, how can we, you know, not just not charity stuff necessarily, but creating our own non-for-profits or whatnot to actually make true change. And so it's really interesting how you kind of move through these phases of, okay, you got yourself taken care of, and then you take care of your family and your inner circle. And then it's just like, it's just continuous growth over time. And so that's been the awesome thing, you know, about just growing a company. Yeah, that's amazing. And I know we're wrapping up right now. One key thing that I, I think I got from a lot of this, and I mean, there's so many things that we can take away. But one thing was, I think that initially that focus on, on the finances and making sure you're good is actually, it's actually the first step. I think a lot of people, you know, we're trained to help others, but we're not trained or forget that we have to first help ourselves. So now it's like, it's also the phases of like, I need to, I need to take care of myself and take care of, of my immediate, you know, family and circle and make sure that I'm putting everything into, into getting that foundation in place. And then as you start to kind of, and obviously at, at that point, you're still helping us. Uh, to grow and evolve as well, which I think is amazing. So Kyle, thank you so much for all of this today. I know I got a ton of value from our conversation. I'm sure everyone else is getting a ton of value as well. As we're wrapping up, do you mind just sharing with the audience where they can keep up with you if they'd like to learn more about you and your work? Absolutely. So y'all can check us out. Uh, the company name is The PT Hustle. You can check us out at www.thepthustle.com. If you're a PT student or grad and you're looking to absolutely demolish the MPTE, you can check us out at www.mptegroup.com. It's a free Facebook group. I drop fire in there every single week. I'd be more than happy to have you. I testify to that. Fire, 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 fire. Thank you so much, everyone. Have a great day. I'll see you on the next episode. Thank you so much for listening to the show. I know your time is valuable and I know that you are here to learn how to build a successful business. So I have something special just for you. If you are a healthcare expert who is in business or is aspiring to be, and you're curious about how to grow a profitable, impactful business, then you are going to want to pay attention because as a listener of this show, I want you to win. So I've created a bundle of resources exclusively for the listeners of Healthcare Business Radio. If you are tired of trying to figure out this game of business, marketing, and sales all on your own, and you are ready to implement what's already proven to work, rather than reinventing the wheel, you are going to want to head over to healthcarebusinessradio.com forward slash insider. And there you will find over $7,000 worth of trainings, resources, and coaching that is only available for listeners of this show. So if you want to know how to increase your income, impact more people, and build a business that works for the lifestyle that you want and that serves your family at the highest possible level, head over to healthcarebusinessradio.com forward slash insider right now so you can win big in your healthcare business and in life.